Stand by for a message from the United Kingdom's Ambassador of Retro Gaming. Hello, UK Mike from the Retro Gaming Roundup podcast here to tell you about the Jerry Rig Media Center. In a world where all the cool kids sat sweaty in front of their cell phones and computers, he brought the party to the living room where they watched telly and played retro games with comfortably dry bums. The Jerry Rig Media Center comes preloaded with 332 add-ons, which allow you to legally watch thousands of TV shows and movies. The community portal allows you to choose from thousands more add-ons to customize your experience. Furthermore, with the Jerry Rig Silver Gaming Edition, you can play all the retro games you have a legal right to play from over 20 classic retro consoles. So UK, that was pretty good. Are you going to finish those fries? I know it was. What did you expect? This is a paying gig. And that's none of your damn business, by the way. And I'd appreciate it if you stayed out of my personal affairs. Thank you very much. Are we done? Oh, visit jerryrig.com for more details. That's jri-rig.com. Once more for the slow, jerryrig.com. That's jri-rig.com for more details. Super NES Podcast. This is episode, so this is episode number thirty-eight. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the action, the action platform game uh, First Samurai, which was developed by Vivid Image and published by uh, Kemco for the Super NES in, in nineteen ninety-three. Uh, joining me to, to today is our usual guest, our usual co-host George. 
my sword. <laughs> and we're also honored to have a special, a special, a special guest host with us today. Uh, the first time that George and I have had a guest host uh, in the podcast. Um, uh, the sponsor, uh, like the, the sponsor of the podcast, uh, like right now, and a very, but uh, a very nice guy, like all, like all around. I'm very, uh, I'm very pleased, uh, very, very pleased to introduce uh, Jerry to the podcast. My shorts. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going today, guys? It's going great. It's all right. So uh, this was actually Jerry's pick. Uh, he, uh, uh, back when back when him and I were first talking at Facebook a few, a few months ago, uh, the possibility of a possibility of, like of him sponsoring the podcast, uh, he mentioned the, the, uh, he'd mentioned that he'd mentioned that this was a favorite game of his, and I was like, first what? Because this is certainly an obscure title. Uh, one of the great things about doing, these, about doing this podcast, like many people doing a podcast of, of retro gaming systems have found, is that like you get to experience a lot of the more uh, obscure and unknown and kind of hidden gems and whatnot, like for the systems. Uh, so because because the library is so huge that that even me, there's literally hundreds of games system for the system I've never even heard of, much less played. So and this game definitely uh, definitely like should definitely falls in that group. So um so Jerry I'm interested I'm interested in asking you first of all about your about your history and background uh, like the Super NES and like you know the uh you know when you first got it do you want some of your favorite games of the system are Oh so when I first got the NES it's actually a pretty interesting story that I hadn't thought about till you just asked me but my brother had this friend who had this uh father who was a really bad alcoholic drunk so he would to get money for beer, he would take his uh, super his son's super NES and he would hawk it at a pawn shop mm. and get I don't know thirty twenty bucks out of it or something. So my brother found out about that and he talked his son his his friend who is an alcoholic drunk son to go down there to the pawn shop with him and he went down there and he said hey I'm coming down here to get my Super Nintendo uh, for my dad like okay well that'll be 20 bucks so he got it my brother paid the 20 dollars of course and my brother had the super nintendo uh for 20 bucks and of course his friend got to play it whenever he wanted the heartwarming story there Mm. was this back when the system was current or like more recently no this was back when it was current about a year after its release wow 20 bucks that's not 20 bucks is a steal for something like that especially now actually to be honest, mm. yeah, in a court, yeah, even now, but he was able to, you know, he came over and play it whenever he wanted to, and it never got pawned again. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, no, I say it was good for everybody games. right there. Oh, wow. The first games I remember playing, my brother went to Walmart and got, uh, by the way, I do, I live in Tennessee now, but I grew up in Texas, okay, small town, about 5,000 people. So, all we had at the time was a Walmart. Mm-hmm. I never heard of Walmart. What is what is this? <laughs> it's a horrible store. Just run that, the other. Is way. that a southern thing? Or? <laughs> oh man! Pretty soon it'll only be a southern thing. Maybe. <laughs> but so my the first games my brother got was Metroid, Super Star Wars, a Super Metroid, and oh, it's so much fun. We beat mm. Super Metroid pretty quickly, I'd say. Yeah, Super Metroid's two. an awesome game. Oh, just playing it all night long, and then, then there's an infamous uh, story about Super Star Wars where there was a code in Nintendo Power, and they it was wrong. Oh yes, 
Did you hear about that? Yes, I remember that. Well, uh, the rest of the story goes like this. We had that. We were trying that code all night long, all night long. (laughs) Literally, we went to sleep. My brother was still trying the code. He wouldn't give up. He's like, I can can get it to work. I, I know it. So we all fell asleep. And he's sitting there in front of the TV trying to put this code in. And then finally, it's like 3 in the morning. He woke us up. I got it. It was select instead of start. That's like uh, going online in the mid to late 90s and looking up fake PlayStation cheats. That's, I can I can kind of uh, I gotta have a feeling for what you're talking about there. We wrote an angry letter to Nintendo Power that next morning. I can't repeat that on the air. Yeah, I had a... Uh, it's ripped to Nintendo Power like, for many, many years, and usually the magazine was great. Uh, mistakes like that were pretty were pretty uncommon, but damn, they were annoying like when they happened. Yeah, I think, I don't know. It, things happen. I'm sure it wasn't on purpose. I wouldn't want to run my childhood like that. Plus, pl- plus that game was hard enough anyway to begin with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, oh. But, uh, the game is, and, and the cheats back then, they didn't make you... Uh, so much invincible or anything like that. They just made winning the game possible. Mm, yeah. Now, yeah, you really had to have like a game genie to be able to really be able to fully to fully exploit exploit the game and to be able to get all those kinds of codes with it. So but, um so when did you first come across this game, First Samurai? How did you first like like play this one? Now I first played this game two years ago. Mm-hmm. So this isn't one I played when I was a kid. Okay. My girlfriend moved in with me, and she was going to give me a gift for Christmas, and there was this big, giant box under the tree. And it was about a week week until Christmas, and she said, I think you need to open this one up now. And I said, why can't I just wait till Christmas? And she said, I just think you need to open it up. And I go, why? She said, you need to test it. I'm like, test it? What is she talking about? So I opened it up. It was a Super Nintendo. I had the game First Samurai, uh, Spectre, and uh, another game or two. I don't remember what it was. But I plugged the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo in, put in a game, it came on. And it blew uh, up. How did you know, George? <laughs> well, that's how these stories go, I guess. That's, that's how things happen in the South, right? You just yes. plug in any kind of form of technology. Basically, uh, that's, if it didn't have hamsters in it, it doesn't work for long, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like George said, I turned it on, it didn't work. It was just the everything worked except the controller didn't work. Mm. So I took uh, the Super NES apart. Someone had spilled root beer in there. Ooh. So So you said, oh, free snack, and you drank it all up. (laughs) I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, George has jokes. (laughs) No, No, but the root beer was in there. The, The Super NES actually came from her. It was her brother's when he was a little kid. So apparently when he was a little kid, he dropped root beer in there. And so I cleaned that out and I saw, I found what the problem was. I had to re-solder some of the contact points mm. in the uh, controller port, which this is an SNES podcast. You guys might want to pay attention to that. You might need to do that sometime. Easy to do. Mm. I did that and it worked fine. Uh, I'm like, what is this first Samurai game? Well, it was her brother's. He got it from a movie rental. Remember when we used to have those, the VHS tapes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, the man. actual name of the place was in Childress, Texas, called Pick-A-Flick at the time. And there was a, a bargain bin. And First Samurai was thrown in there, and he got it for a couple bucks. And it looks, if you look at the cover, it looks like a crappy game bargain bin title. 
And uh, I'm sure some people think it is. We're going to see what George thinks here in a minute. <laughs> Assuming George has played it. Oh, yes, I have. Okay. Assuming All right. you think I haven't played it? I was hoping you had. I need to have some kind of constructive criticism. <laughs> some destructive criticism. <laughs> I'm not bad with that. No. So I'm like, well, let me try this crappy game. I put it in. And I, I was in love with it from the first moment he said, My sword! <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't play bad. I liked the music. But uh, we're going to get into all that. But So that's, that's how this game came into my life. And it's been different ever since. <laughs> if it was never for this game, I never would have met George. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. Which is a great honor, I'm sure. So, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Usually people have to pay money for those. <laughs> I was going to ask what your job was, George, and I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> well, to be honest, I actually can't really say too much on the internet here, especially when it's being recorded. No. We can just say, and that's not, we that's can not just even say, a joke, actually. We can just say if you actually see George, it's not a good thing. <laughs> oh, that's mean. We can't report what government George actually works for. Ooh. The U.S. government, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, that's a great story, Jerry. And what makes the story even funnier is that the, the Super NES, the Super NES, like was like was specifically designed to have those raised edges and whatnot to keep people from doing what happened so often, so soft on the NES because people, since people, because people would like put drinks on top of the top of the unit and spill stuff into it. Wait, and, why would you put drinks on top of it? That's I no. exactly. That's well, no. I, yes, people did though. Yeah, and somehow, somehow, your girlfriend's brother's. Um, uh, so I managed to so I managed to defeat that purpose. So I do have to say this. So it wasn't a. It was a Super NES two. It was a smaller one. Oh, oh the okay. Junior? Yeah, nice. the Junior. Yes, that's yes. I, I. That's a cool little console. Oh, it is awesome. No, no yellowing at all. Mm. Yeah, and it smells like. Yeah, root beer. that's because. Yeah, I actually have one of the original SNESs and. Uh, it hasn't yellowed um, because it's a later model. It's yeah. It's because of the plastic they used right. on the first run. Exactly. That's the uh, yep. That's what causes it. Uh, the first you know, the first couple of years, uh, the plastic that they used for manufacturing the units uh, just had a manufacturing defect, and just like mine yellowed very horribly after several disgusting. years. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. The same problem with my teeth. <laughs> well, no, that's probably because you're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you smoke or not. No. So, um, yeah, uh, this is certainly a very interesting game uh, because of the fact that uh, yeah, it has a pretty interesting history to it, actually. Um, uh, this was actually uh, developed by a British company. Like it's a computer game originally. Uh, the, company, the company developed it, it was called Vivid Image, uh, ba- uh, uh, based in the U.K., and there were a lot of U.K. computer companies uh, back during the time period that, oh yes, most definitely. Uh, and most the most of the games stayed in Europe. Some of the most uh, like some of the most popular ones came over here. For example, like Lemmings was originally a British game. Uh, Cannon fodder was originally a British game. There's there's like a um, uh, that is World, which is a great game. That was a um, you know that was originally European. So we did get the best games over here. But there were a lot of a, a lot of a lot of British and uh, British British made games during this time period. And Vivid was very active for a, like a long period of time. They were in they were in business from 1988 until like 2002. Um, 
Do you have a, a list of what games they published or not, not published, uh, developed? No, not 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 right now. I didn't I, I didn't I, I didn't recognize most of their games. Most of their games stayed okay. in Europe. Okay, so they're they're British games. Yes, and they shouldn't be touched. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, there's a lot of British games that are quite good. <laughs> oh yeah, but, no. but I'm just I'm right. just saying. But there's a podcast. Speak about yellow teeth. <laughs> oh. Well, no, no, they have crooked teeth. True. <laughs> oh, that, that's correct, and they're yellow. No, I'm uh, just kidding. I love I love the English. <laughs> but to the podcasters that touched upon the the game styles are very different between like European and American gamers. So a lot of those games stayed in Europe for a reason, I think, because they really wouldn't have appealed to American gamers all that much. But, yeah, no, I, I I agree with you though. But uh, I completely disagree. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, wait. George is the one that had the problem with Lemmings. No, it wasn't Lemmings. It was Faceball, my favorite yeah. game in the world. Oh, I don't man. like that game. Yeah, Girl, I'm gonna have to moderate some other two of you a lot. By what aren't I? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so anyway, um, First Samurai was originally was originally first developed uh, for the Amiga and Atari ST platforms uh, uh, back in uh, back in uh, back in 1991, and it shows the moment. Uh, the moment I fired this game up, I was like, "Yeah, this is a." Uh, yeah, this started out like as a PC game, so you can tell right away. Uh, it, you, you, you usually usually can recognize uh, when a when a computer game is ported over to a console, or or sometimes, or or is often the case, like vice versa, also. So, um, and it also got ported to the C64 and DOS and, and, and DOS 1992, and then the Super NES version that came out in July uh, July '93, but by North America. Uh, published by Chemco, which is a curious choice. Chemco's company I have a lot of history with, and really they were, and really Chemco was a favorite company of mine, uh, uh, you know, back then because they um, they're still around today, uh, mostly making uh, mobile games. But Chemco, Chemco started in 1985. Most people, most people know them because of the uh, Top Gear uh, racing games, and they also were the ones who published the so-called Mac Venture games over to the NES. Uh, the very famous trilogy of Shadowgate, Deja Vu, and a uh, um, and Uninvited, okay. which are all great games. Yeah, I can't think of a Kimco game. I, I just want to four, uh, four of them. Played. <laughs> I, I I can't think of a Kimco game that I've really played, but I'm sure I have. Have they made that? What, did they make the? I'm trying to think. Did they make that Tetris game for the PlayStation? I don't think it was so. a different publisher. No. Yeah, you really need to play Shadowgate. Let's play. You haven't played it yet, George. It's a great game. Uh, yes, I know about Shadowgate, and it it does interest me. I do need to jump on that. Yeah, the remake of the game from a couple of years ago is like also like very good. Oh, is that on Steam? Right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, might just want to start with that one. It might be hard to go back to the NES uh, Shadowgate. Yeah, it's a little bit clunky with the like the interface. It's like using the controller. I, I mean, for a a uh, simpler console like that, yeah, it's going to be very clunky, but yeah. I mean, uh, maybe I can take a look at yeah. a PC port. Plus, you can also, like, you know, I, I really love how, uh, plus also, plus also, like, the recent PC remake, I, I, uh, they, they customized it to have the original, the original music, the original interface, so, like, it's great. So I wish more games, like, did that because it really, like, it really allows you to pick and choose your options. Oh, was that, was that, I thought that remake was like different in how you do a few things. Well, it is different in gameplay. The puzzles, the, the puzzles are all different, 
But right. the overall, the overall story. And but does it play just like the older ones? It or plays what? very close to it, I'd say. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But then maybe I'll just do the the puzzles. The puzzles are totally different. Uh, right. but the gameplay style is pretty similar to how it was back in the NES. So, which uh, which reminds me, on the first Samurai, this is something that puzzles me. I looked at the gameplay on all the different systems it was released on. Mm-hmm. And it was released for the Commodore 64, yep. the Amiga, the Atari ST. Now, the Commodore 64 is, looks pretty rough. Yeah, it does. A lot of games for the Commodore 64 do look rough. Yeah, it looks like sub-NES, but uh, I'd have to say the Amiga was good. Mm-hmm. That's the original one, I guess. Yep. But the Atari ST, it looked amazing on that system. Yeah, those two platforms are very, very close to one another in specs. So many games are ported, like ported between the two systems with very, so with very, very minor differences. Um, but yeah, I, but yeah, yeah, this game, this game, this game really does look gorgeous, like on those, uh, like most systems. Uh, speaking of the Super NES, Chemical also published uh, two of my favorite. Uh, early role-playing games to Super NES, which I do want to talk about in this podcast to, to, to reach a point. Uh, in 1991, they, uh, for Super NES, they published uh, Draken. I also published another like more traditional RPG, uh, which was called, like, so just called like, Lagoon. So both of those are fun games. I think I've heard of the the was it Lagoon? Lagoon, yes. Yeah, okay. I think I've heard of that before. That was an early that was an early RPG game like the system. So, right. but uh, so uh, anyway, uh, we're we're choice of publishers aside. Um, First Samurai is your like is your like is your kind of traditional basic uh, action platformer game, uh, like where you control a main character, like in this case a samurai, but you go through a number of stages. Uh, just collecting power-ups and health items and fighting enemies and then like battling a boss at the end. Um, it's it's a it's a pretty wacky, far-out, weird story. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. The story is explained in a the story is explained in a very Japanese-style uh, presentation, cutscenes and whatnot. Uh, when you first fire the game up, uh, we don't need to go into it here unless you guys want to. Just basically, like all you need to know is just like you know you're controlling a samurai. Who goes through time uh, with the help of a magic sword, just trying to through the future, the past, the present, and the future. Yes, yes. Uh, trying to feed like a, uh, you know, trying to feed an evil four, uh, fight an evil force, the Dragon King. So, um, yes, pretty, pretty, pretty standard platformer stuff. Well, it has to be said though um, about the opening that you're the first samurai, right? Mm-hmm. The Demon King comes down from the mountain and kills your sensei. And you, and as his dying breath, he summons uh, the magical power of uh, Jombie. I don't know. It looks like Jombie from Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Jombie the genie. <laughs> Jombie the genie. So as he's dying, his last, last breath, the sensei says, Mecca like a high, make a hiney ho. And it I transfers. Miss, I missed that. Maybe I didn't yeah, that's crazy. what it said. It transfers cool. the power to you, and then you go to kill the demon king uh, with your powerful sword where the power goes into. But. My question is this, George: If you are the first, the first samurai, that's then why the do you have a sensei? Game, right? Who is your sensei? What was he <laughs> teaching you? Well, he, well, he's dead now. He's you know, you're the first samurai. He was just the samurai teacher. He wasn't the samurai. Yeah, he taught him how to weave baskets. 
Plus they, delicious yeah, that's how you learn how to fight, right? You just weave baskets. Yeah, not only oh. that, they also. Not only that, but they also uh, continue that weird that weird naming system like the sequel too. With you know, the sequel is called Second Samurai, so it's like what? <laughs> you play as a sensei this time though, uh, which yeah. doesn't even make any sense. Play oh, as yeah. your brother's not, uncle or yeah. something. Yeah. So a. Uh, oh, I thought it was the monkey's uncle. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, um, there was a planned sequel to this game, uh, like the N64, actually. Uh, but that project got canceled. Was uh, that the 64th Samurai? Uh, it was supposed to be called First Samurai 64. The uh, First, Second uh, Samurai Super N64. It should, have, it should have just been the 64th Samurai. Uh, there was, however, a there was, however, like an iOS remake of this game that was published uh, four years ago, back uh, uh, back 2011. And I'm sure the controls were horrible. I have no idea because I don't have an Apple platform. Uh, Jerry, have you played it? But imagine playing that game with a touchscreen. Oh, man. No, I have not played it. Um, no. I'm, I'm not even sure if still have, Yeah, like it may not be available in the store anymore. Like, but you know Apple products don't tend to last very long on there. So uh, People had people reporting to having sore fingers from swiping the screen so much. And broken phones from playing the game. <laughs> yeah. You know, just they were throwing it at the wall. <laughs> maybe this uh, is not one that would translate easily oh to, definitely not yeah probably else, not but... so. when i actually first played this game i actually emulated it on my phone Ooh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like oh okay the le- yeah the less said about that the better <laughs> my thumbs uh, my so this, phone so this game was definitely more popular in europe than it was north america uh because it got a sequel over there uh, which is called fittingly enough as we just said the second samurai uh, that got published in uh, by 1994, and that game only came out for the Genesis uh, um, and for the Amiga. I played the, I played the Genesis version a little bit. It's pretty close to the first game. There's just a few minor differences to it. Should see if Genesis Gems will take you on for that. But, but uh, <laughs> um, have you played the sequel, Jerry? I have not, but I will. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not really too many differences. It seems to be a little bit, um, uh, like it seems to be like a little bit easier. Uh, for example, like when you fall off the screen, like you don't like lose life automatically, like you do in this one. Uh, you just like lose some health instead. So, um, oh, they made it easier. Yeah, a little bit. Well, overall, overall, I'd be curious to be curious to be curious to hear you guys' thoughts about this. Um, the difficulty of the game itself kind of seemed kind of seemed pretty average to me i didn't have too much of a problem going through a problem going through stages the stages, the stages themselves because of the fact that there's always ample amounts of the uh, power-ups and health and whatnot available to you but the boss fights are wicked difficult aha uh-huh. yes yeah. we must talk about this so uh gameplay gameplay you go through as a so you go through as a shirtless as a, a samurai. Uh, you have a sword. You can have the sword do kind of a normal attack, or you can also have it uh, like you're crouching. You can kind of do a sword slash down, or if you're uh, you can also angle the sword slash up. The sword's a pretty good weapon. Like it has pretty good ra- range, uh, range, and you can and you can swing it like a pretty like fast rate. I thought you could kill people through walls and floors. Yes, which is always nice. Like, I always love it when the games. <laughs> I always love it like when games allow that. It's helpful. So. Um, you also have you, you also have secondary you also have secondary weapons available to you. Um, you have some daggers that you can pick up, uh, and you also get this is a this is a weird a, a weird concept and already weird game. One of the powers you can get is a bell 
that you have to use every now and then to summon uh, to summon a spirit to kind of clear away obstacles on a screen. So it's so that's it's like that's really strange uh, how you have to have that. Uh, how, how you pick that up and use it, and you have to do it in, in a number of places. In a number of places in the stages too, as you go through the game. I have to. I have to say, when you first spawn at the beginning of each stage, it's it's really creepy. That noise that the oh yes. uh, <laughs> spirit or whatever makes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just uh... oh, it's there's a little bit of voice acting, like in the game. Uh, there is the there are those there are those catchphrases that you guys already mentioned, um, <laughs> and you know, I really love and uh, like and also and also like I really love like how it actually says like you know Hallelujah uh, in that deal. Like, oh that, like, yeah, that was style. funny. That was totally. <laughs> I, I it makes me feel like that's a glitch though because it can keep repeating and repeating and repeating and it cuts off the last. Uh, when it does it, and then it does it again, but it does it like right away, basically, and it just cuts off the last one. It just—I found it really annoying. Why well, found like, it was funny? It was funny at first, <laughs> and then it just got really annoying. Why well, found that it keeps playing? That keep, keeps playing until you either swing your sword or or get hit by an enemy or something. It's like a new flip. Uh, it's like you know that channel that it, that that channel that it's that that says the voice on. It seems seems to be the same channel that some of the sounds share because you do a certain action. Uh, that cuts it off. Uh, so until you do that, it like, keep playing and playing and playing. So that is kind of strange. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Another thing I found that's totally strange, uh, you know the pots where you can uh, kind of save it at, save your position in the game? Yeah, that's a great feature, by the way. I love that. It's, it's a cool feature, but whenever... Actually, Wait, those you pots use, you were for checkpoints. Yes. Yeah, you have to squat. Oh, I pot. thought I thought you I thought you crafted those. <laughs> yes, you have to crap in the pot, <laughs> and whenever you do that, it takes some force away, which is your on the the view screen, yep. your HUD yep. on the right side. It takes away some of your strength whenever you you squat on the pot to save your. <laughs> <laughs> it's these little things they slip in there. It's that British humor. Mm. Last last summer, I squat on the pot, lose some force. Yeah, and then of course your life meter is a giant muscular arm on the left side of your screen. Yeah. I so love when that. you die, does that mean you <laughs> lose your arm then? No, what happens when you die is actually like, very, very weird. Actually, Jerry, like, do you want to like, talk about that a little bit? Uh, I don't know. I've never died, Greg. Well, when you die, I, I it actually uses. Uh, like when you die, which happened to me a lot, like facing the bosses. We'll talk about that in a little bit here because boss fights yes. are very difficult. Uh, it uses it uses all it uses up all your force energy. You you come back to life a little, like a little bit of health health back, and then you lose your sword. You have to play hard like you're attacking oh, like oh, daggers. Oh, 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 okay, I see what you mean. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think of that as dying. Yeah, so your sword, your force is when you get hit, it takes away from your sword, and then when you you're finished with all of your sword force, I guess it's called. You lose your sword. And what does he say, Greg? Uh, he says, my sword. <laughs> my sword. And then you're just punching. And then it's like you're punching until like your arm daggers you have you're them. dead. But that's the way you beat the game, right? You just lose your sword and you just kick everything. Well, that's how I beat some of the bosses. <laughs> yeah, that happens. But then to regain your strength and get, to get your sword back, if you just kill the enemies... Mm-hmm. It gives you a little bit of uh, force back to your sword. And then you get your sword. And then he says, my sword again, you get your sword back. Right. But then it doesn't bring your your arm back to you. It just took your sword back. And then you have to look for the fruit where it says hallelujah. (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely a lot of like weird, like a weird, unique concepts in this game. I'm, not I'm really just sure. trying to figure out why they would use an arm as a life bar. Well, well, arm represents strength, which represents health, I guess. So, I, yeah, I guess it's just weird to represent overall life as an arm. When they were first coming out with these games, you got to think anything for a life bar would have been weird. I mean, first we had the little. You take a Legend of Zelda and you have the little red bricks. I mean, who thought of bricks for life? And then you had the little red dots. Is that any weird than an arm? <laughs> I, I thought they were hearts, not bricks. Uh, on Zelda, yeah, they were hearts. They were hearts. I'm yeah. thinking of uh, Kid Icarus or something. Or, I don't know. He used to have these little red brick things. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess. But it's not like arms. It makes you wonder why is it an arm whereas if it's like a rectangle it's like oh okay that's a blip that represents how many hit points i have left well it's more visually know. appealing to have an arm like as opposed to like you know like a, a, a plain a plain regular status bar so i will give it that yeah, yeah it, has some it was style. A pretty it was it was a well-drawn arm though yes it was yeah yeah that's actually definitely one of the one of the one of the strongest points like about this game the graphics are gorgeous this game you know this game Sure, this game really, really looks like looks sharp. It, it, like it's vivid, it's colorful. There's a lot of background detail to it. The enemies look, uh, but you know, the enemies look like they're very defined. Cause this is a very gorgeous, gorgeous-looking Super NES game. I thought. I was reading some of the reviews, and there was a lot of complaints about the control of it. Yes, uh, that's one of the first things I noticed when I first turned it on. It reminded me of the um, platforming aspects of ActRaiser. Mm, yes. As far as being a, a bit clunky turning left and right, I noticed that. Yeah. But it's something I got used to, and it didn't bother me after too long. So, uh, George, what do you think about the graphics? Uh, they were cool, and then I played more of it, and I thought the later stages got a little bland. Um, starting with Japan in 1999, I felt like it started getting a little bland. Well, that's... I like the, the, what was it, the subway or the bullet train or whatever in oh, space yeah. or whatever. I know, that like, was you know, cool. weird, like, weird concept. Uh, that was we, cool. Uh, there's actually, there's, officially this game, officially this game, this game has three stages, but the stages yeah. are, you know, the stages are kind of, are, the stages are subdivided into like two, you know, like two, you know, like two distinct areas yeah. in which the first stage of the game takes place in the past. And then after that, you get into uh, a, a, a future train to go to the, to go to the future. It's like, it's just like a train. What the hell? But, uh, and you go through this yeah. like train sequence to be able to go on to stage two, which is the present. Well, 1999, close enough to the present. Uh, uh, like in Tokyo, and then you take a magical elevator to get to the to, you know, to get to the next stage. It's like, what the heck are these guys smoking making this game? But just like really, really weird uh, uh, stage design and concept and concepts for it. The first time I played it, I didn't spend the time. If you watch the opening scene, it takes forever for all that text to load. Yeah, I didn't slow. read any of that. Yeah, I didn't read any of that. I thought it was the first samurai. All right, I'm playing the samurai game, and from the first you know, stage, you can't tell that you're not in feudal Japan. And then when I got on the express, that's the part, the next part where there's the train. I didn't know what the heck was going on. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what happened to me. Yeah. It's definitely a very weird game as far as like, you know, concepts, uh, like what they use for like, you know, stage design goes, but, uh, um, 
also about the gameplay. You have to pick up, I'm not sure what they're called. You have to pick up these symbols, uh, these like glowing red symbols as you play as you go through the game. And you have to get five of them to do five of them to actually to five of them to actually be able to get to the final uh, the final the final part of the stage uh, to make the boss show up. So you have to you have to be like like pretty diligent to keep on collecting those like you go through the game. Yeah. I don't know what the name of it is. If I had the instruction manual, I bet it's in there. But uh nope. I got it fourth hand. Yeah, I could not find the instruction the instruction manual the instruction manual like this game online. I looked. But this, but because of the fact this game is like pretty obscure, it doesn't show up. It doesn't show up like in most of the uh, Super NES instruction manual collections. That's a surprise. Yeah. Wow. It's probably out there somewhere, but I couldn't find it. Well, I looked on eBay, and there is a brand new sealed, never opened copy of this game. Mm. If someone wants to buy that and let us know, what how called. much is it? Sixty dollars. Wow. Not bad. Yeah, we will talk about pricing, like pricing later on. But this game's not really all that expensive to get. So um, you can get it for free and emulate it. <laughs> That's no. how much it was. Uh, but um, uh, so uh, yeah, so um, I, so we uh, uh, so as you go through the game, uh, you do have those uh, um, uh, like. Uh, those items, those items to pick up, to pick up on. There's, there's plenty of items in the game. Uh, you can also pick up uh, later in the game one, like later on two uh, throwing stars that like circle around your body. Uh, you know, it's kind of like she was kind of like a protective, protective, protective weapon or whatnot. Uh, they do, uh, they do do some damage to, to, like enemies, uh, like they make contact with it. Not really too, not really too much, but especially against the bosses, like every like small thing helps. Yeah, it's something that helps, and then if it kills one of those weaker enemies you get some force back so. right so i have some breaking news guys i know what the name of those five things you need to collect are okay they're called magic runes okay that makes sense. are they really they are they're called magic runes okay that makes a lot of sense actually <laughs> that's actually something i didn't like in the game where you had to collect those five runes or whatever and then go to a specific spot so you can Fight the boss. I don't. I don't like looking around for things like that. At least oh, in these kinds of games. I kind of agree with you, but that's also typical for platformer games like this era. They yeah. Often, uh, games. The games. The games. Ilk very often required you to do something like that. So. Uh, sorry, Jerry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I. I. I don't think you did. I was just interjecting that. <laughs> Magic runes. Um, what do you think about the whole gimmick of having to collect five of those to move on? I looked at it as a puzzle, a logic puzzle. You had to use the bells. You had to collect the bells to open up certain areas in the platforming stage. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you could get a rune is normally what it did. And you got the runes, and you'd had to find the place that you had to use the runes at to get to the boss. So I didn't mind it at all. Um, and it, talking about graphics, uh, the bosses were amazing as far as how they were graphically drawn. Mm. I, I I agree with that. Um, and I was there's a secret. The hardest boss in there. Um, are we gonna talk about bosses now? Or are we gonna say that for later? Or? Uh, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Okay, the hardest boss in this game, and I wanted to talk to Greg about this. Is the very first boss. Oh yeah. Oh, you didn't want to. You didn't want to talk to me about this. <laughs> no. I'm, well, Greg. I mean, uh, George. I know you have this down. You got this down. Oh, okay. Sure because okay. you were playing on your phone. Anybody who would dare to play this game, I was. I only played like the first five minutes on my phone, <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, I need to play this somewhere else," and that's what I did. Mm. 
the first boss, you get to the first boss, there's an easy way to kill him. And then the rest of the bosses aren't that bad. And all you do is you get to the first boss and you stand right in front of him and you take your sword and point it up and swing. You just keep doing that and it kills the first boss. Well, that, that is something I did do, so. Yes. See, I told you, George. George has this down. Greg, I don't know. I'm not too good at these games. I'm better at PlayStation games than Greg is, though. Yeah, I usually am pretty good at platform <laughs> games because I played a lot of these uh, back when I was young. But that first boss, I never got that first boss. I probably, I probably, I probably did have the most trouble. Had the most trouble with that boss because I never actually picked up on that. Uh, those heads moving around the screen, firing all those fireballs. It's oh yeah, very, it's very hard to avoid those. Oh yeah, I tried like two hours. And uh, just doing that and doing that and doing that and doing it over and then doing it some more. I'm like, because I was trying to find the easy way to kill him. And then, you know, if you just close your eyes, put your hand over your head and swing your sword straight up, it finally kills him real easy. Yeah. Some of the bosses later on were difficult until you learned the patterns. Uh, like, for example, like the, uh, the, the, the example of that, like, for example, that middle samurai boss, like on the, the like a future train, as long as you'd stick and move with him, uh, just kind of like you know, like step back, dodge his attacks, moved in, hit him a few times, fell back, rinse and repeat. He, it's like he's not that bad. The yeah, trick to was, killing him, the trick to killing all these bosses is your weapons. Swing your sword? Yeah. No, not the, that was just the first one. Oh. Uh, the rest of them is You're if you have the weapons, you can shoot at them, it just melts them like butter. Oh, the daggers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mainly the. I don't know what is it like a me- a, a wooden hammer you throw. Oh, okay, yeah. It looks like an axe. It looks like an axe. An, an axe, yeah. That's the third weapon. Yep. The axe just really rips them. Rips them a good one. Kind of reminds me about using the axe in Castlevania games. Kind of like a similar arc to it. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like and then the um, uh, the machine boss I thought was like pretty easy. He was he, he's probably the easiest boss like, in the whole game. I thought. Um, but that, but that final boss, Shane's Demon King. Very oh, cool. it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, very oh cool. My God. I, it, what was that? Exactly. <laughs> like it was just like what was it? Its head was like trying to poke through the wall, and then it just bashes through the wall, and it's just this giant head with these ball legs and the oh, eyeballs oh. that came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. That too. That freaked oh. me out. You know, the eyeballs are one thing I'm looking at the eyeballs. I'm like, Oh, that's gross. So I look up and I see his empty skull sockets looking at me. I'm that, like, Oh, this one, was I had to remind creepy. myself I was playing a super Nintendo game. Yeah. yeah. This is a creepy game. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I can see like a, I mean, I can definitely see like a, sure. I can definitely see like a little kid being like, you know, like a kind of, like this would give a kid this. nightmares, probably, yeah. especially the final boss. Mm. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Yeah, the, yeah, the final boss is tough. I don't think it was quite as tough as the first boss. Um, as long as you go into it with a, as long as you go into that fight with like you, you with like some sub weapons, the fight with the full tank of health, I'm pretty good usually. Uh, the, the first, the first, the first forms, the first form is not that bad, but later on in the fight when you have to when swing at the time your jumps to, uh, to jump up and hit him and avoid like, avoid, avoid fireballs that gets more tricky yeah I noticed a pattern on that too if you kind of hang out to the left side underneath him to the left side of his arm then all the fireballs he spits out just miss you automatically mm. uh, so there's there's definitely a lot of pattern recognition in this game but there's always an easier path yeah which again is common for platform games, like you know, yeah. like, like trying to learn the patterns, the patterns, the, the patterns of the enemies. 
Um, navigating the stages, I kind of felt was difficult in, in some stages. There were some stages oh, yeah. where it's like I have no. There were some stages where I definitely got lost. I'm like you. Um, I, I know overall you're trying to kind of go from like left to right or down to up or whatnot, but I still kind of got confused, confused as to, confused like, okay, they have, okay, they have already been down that way. Do, do I need to go down it? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, navigating, navigating the stages, I find it like pretty, uh, you know, I find it like pretty tricky. I hated the orange helicopters in 1999 Tokyo. They were um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. the drones. Yes. These were drones before their time. You know? <laughs> These things were horrible. I, yeah, they well, always made me lose my Schwartz, my sword. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Those helicopters made you lose your what? My sword. Oh, it was horrible. And I'm trying to face punch all the helicopters, and I don't even know where I'm going. But helicopters don't have a sword. face, so no wonder why you had trouble. I know. That would explain a lot of things. You can't face pump, punch something that doesn't have a face. It was all that sake. Well, yeah. I am very appreciative of the fact this game doesn't have a timer because a timer... Oh, my God. That, you would, know, be that would be impossible. That yeah. would, yes, that would be horrible. <laughs> I was, That's I funny. Was, I would have not played this game. <laughs> I had the same thought as I'm playing through this game. I was like, man, this is hard. I'm punching a helicopter. I sure am glad this doesn't have a timer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Isn't that weird? You're appreciative of a game for not having something? Well, timers... Well, I mean... Uh, yeah, timers yeah. in games are a throwback mechanism that really, should, that, really, that really should never be used again, I think. But That's point system. I don't like timers on a lot of things in yeah. games. Yeah. Like all a timer does is kind of like an arcade hole, like an arcade holdover that artificially increases increases the challenge. Yeah, which doesn't make sense for all these console mm -hmm. uh, ports or just even games on the console because a lot of these games aren't even ar arcade games. Right, exactly. Which it makes no sense, but you know it's one of those things that was brought over. Yeah. So Dre mentioned the controls a little bit earlier. I th uh, the controls do take some getting used to. Um, uh, I was able to get the hang of it after a while. Uh, I, I, I did find overall the overall gameplay is kind of being a bit slow and clunky, I guess maybe might be the best way to describe it. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, though, I thought the button layout on the for the face buttons was a little weird, but other than that, I mean, they responded well, so that's completely fine. Well, I assume the original computer game like used a joystick to operate, so they probably just tried to carry, you know, port it over to the Super NES like, as best they could. Yeah. I don't see how you would have, because you can kick, uh, you can punch, mm -hmm. you switch between the bell, your right. weapon, right. Uh, the the magical lantern, which makes you resurrect yourself out of the toilet pot. You switch between <laughs> all of those with NES buttons. It to me, it seemed like that would have been awful hard to do playing on an Amiga. Well, with most like most computer games uh, uh, of a time period, you just had like the um, uh, they usually would. They they usually would map those those functions to important keys like for example space bar shift uh, shift enter uh, et cetera et cetera so what about joysticks though Greg yeah I, I guess you just moved with the joystick and if you needed your lamp you hit number two or something probably I mean yeah. Uh, yeah. when you, you were going to go to the button. pot you hit number two <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to say that but I'm you know what I mean I you know on that note though I was reading the reviews and there were a lot of people complaining about. Uh, on the Amiga, to to use a sword, you had to hit the space bar, and I heard there was a few broken. Sp and you had to hit it twice to hit once. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that was a major oh. problem with this game. So, what was it, what was this game that. made for originally? Was it for the Atari ST or was uh, the it Atari? For... Uh, both actually, uh, the Amiga and Atari ST. 
But which one was like a port from what? Uh, neither. As far as I can, um, uh, best I can find online, they were uh, they were developed simultaneously for both systems. Oh. As I said earlier, the Atari, okay. Atari ST and the Amiga were very, very similar. Right. Uh, similar as far as, as far as hardware goes. So like, uh, so like so companies so like there'd be no hassle for a company to like company port to, to port a game over like over like one from the other. More. I looked at the different games for the for the different systems. Well, the same game, the different systems, and they were all a little bit different. Mm. The levels were laid out different, and the stages were different. That's something that happens with these older games when they get ported. Sometimes yeah. something's added, sometimes something's removed, sometimes even the levels are different. It's mm-hmm. really weird to see. I assume that had to do uh, because they limited. You know, limited space as available. Uh, right, available, yeah, that's uh, probably uh, it. Right, it's just really interesting to see how games change over different platforms. You don't see that today at all. Maybe mm-hmm. one platform will have like a few more levels, but that's basically it. Right, right. I guess storage capacity is pretty much standard in it now. Oh yeah, it might have also been a might have also been a reflection of the fact how this game was ported over to North America, like in Europe, and maybe they changed a couple of things. Be- a couple of things because I thought it might make more sense or, or be more be more appealing to American gamers. I would definitely say though, if you liked this game, I would try it on the other systems too because you might get a little bit more variety. Mm, yeah, or That's even if I'm it just do. interests you, to mm, be honest. Yeah, right. You see Maybe. how everything's different. Uh, so what you guys think? Uh, so yes, yeah, so what you guys think about the music? Oh, I loved it. I I'm trying loved to it. think about the music. <laughs> I can't remember the music. Oh, okay. I thought it was all right. That's kind of the same reaction I had, George. It's good music for the moment where you're playing, the, but it's not really earwarming. The I, thing is, like, it just repeats over and over again. Like, I tried A and I tried B, and I didn't really see a difference. Is that just me? I thought B was horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's kind of like the Super Mario Brothers music. Uh, the original one. It's not one I would buy the CD of and listen to on my way to work for a no, you know no. long drive or anything. Yeah. But after you know years, it is kind of nostalgia, nostalgic. I thought the part A, the the music for A, matched the gameplay really well. It was kind of silly, kind of um, Oriental or whatever. I liked it. I tried B, and B just wasn't as catchy for me. The thing is, like. It repeats over and over and over again, and it just—it's it, like it's not a short loop, but it's short, and it just gets so uh, tedious after a bit. It does change with the different stages, though. True. Yes. Yeah. And yes, then it does, but I noticed trying to find the last remixed. rune. <laughs> and then I think it was like, uh, the it? time elevator was just a remix of you know the first level. Right. It was the same music. But just you know, kind of drop the beat a little bit. That's Electric. not one of those. <laughs> in my in in my opinion, that's not one of the more important things about the game. I would be more worried about graphic, uh, not graphics. I'm sorry, uh, gameplay, like how it controls and how the pacing is for the game. But still, when it, when the game song just keeps repeating and repeating, it's just it gets boring because it it wasn't catchy. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. But it just got so tedious. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm kind of in the middle i, I thought the music was good for what it was it, it, uh it, it sounded finer in the game it's um it's, it's something really that 
definitely for me that would make a strong, a strong impression upon you. Um, but it just matched the gameplay pretty well, I thought. So, like I said, we'll give it that. I thought the pacing of it was really good. It kept on, it kept of uh, I don't know, like a pace. Mm-hmm. The pacing of the music or the game? Yes. <laughs> okay, so I thought the pacing of the game was a little slow. Well, I was playing mine fast because I got skills, George. <laughs> you were playing yours fast. You were playing 1.5 times speed. Yes, is that what it was? Oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, pacing is always kind of subjective for a game like this. Uh, it does kind of feel a little bit slow and awkward in places. Um, I did. Um, I did watch somebody uh, do a let's play of this on YouTube, and they managed. To, I managed to go through the whole game in about like 50 minutes. So if you know what you're doing, they can go through the game pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I saw a video too, and it was about 50-something minutes. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought this was a pretty... I'd probably say this is a... Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of if like, it was 1993, and you got this for Christmas... Hmm... What would you think? I would think it would be a very interesting, challenging, uh, difficult platformer that I go to every now and then. It wouldn't be in my regular, my regular play cycle. But I probably would keep hacking away at it just like every now and then, like to actually beat it. Like then once I did beat it, I probably would like put it away, uh, like never touch it again. It'd be one yeah, of those yeah. games that I'd play for a bit and then decide that I. I want to put it away and I'd hide it in like the back corner so that not only do I not remember about the game, but also it's just, I don't see it. Mm. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. You're unlike us. Yeah. Unlike some other platform games there, there isn't, there isn't too much to bring you back to the game. Once you beat the first time, um, you should go through it again. I'm uh, like, really like you, you enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Playing it um, after I beat it the first time, it would probably be a long time before I played it again all the way through. But I don't think I'll ever play this again. <laughs> okay, so we know George honest. doesn't like it very much. George, <laughs> uh, what were the things that you really disliked you know, about this game? Like, what, um, you, what... it just It was just so slow for me, um, and that's not... You know, if, if something's slow, like, I don't have a problem with something being slow, but the way that this game was slow, and you have to go and find all these runes and collect them, and I just, I was playing, and I just, I just gave up because it was boring to me, not because it was hard, mm-hmm. and it does, it does get difficult at points, but it's just, when I'm walking around and I have to keep fighting the same enemies looking for something or trying to get somewhere, it's just, <sighs> Frustration. Uh, yeah, it just, it got boring to me. Uh, so what do you think that you really liked best about the game? What do you think is the game's strong points? Uh, the controls are uh, maybe not the best, but they definitely work really well. Um, it feel satisfying when you stab things and cut things uh my sword is voice samples in the game which is pretty cool yeah great voice samples um i mean it's definitely interesting i'm not saying that this is a bad game it's just a game that i don't like 
Yeah. Uh, so Jerry, like going to you now, like I know you already said some of the things, some of the things that you really love to like about this game. Uh, is there something else about this game that really appeals to you that maybe you haven't touched, touched upon too much yet? I really like how the game was different. As far as platformers go, this one was different. You had to Being find different the... different isn't always the best thing, though. In this case, I felt like it brought a freshness to platforms at the time okay. that it didn't have. You had to find the five things, so you had to do some thinking beyond your jumping on things and killing them. Um, the music wasn't the best, but it wasn't super annoying. I thought it got super annoying eventually <laughs> yeah well i guess that's a matter of opinion but for me i didn't feel like that was bad um yeah i mean it was just unique you had to crap in pots i mean how many games did you ever have to do that come on george that alone should give it a thumbs up <laughs> you know i have to say it's good that somebody likes this game because there has to be at least a like a group of people that likes every game even if it's kind of bad and i'm not saying this game is bad like i said before it's just a game that i don't like and it's it's good to hear that you like this game because that means i cannot like this game <laughs> yeah uh, like i said earlier this game was popping up in europe you get a sequel so obviously like yeah but... yeah. yeah um i, video I wouldn't games know are hard <laughs> yeah they are video games are hard especially back then with the limitations that they have video games are hard mm -hmm. and they pulled off a game that works and is beatable it's it's something it's interesting it's you know it's it's a game and it's something that people like and that's really good and it's not one of those games where you jump to the right and then you fall through the whole platform or whatever it's not a it's not a game where there's like a 20 second timer. It's not a game where you go to the boss battle and you basically need to cheat to beat the boss. It's difficult, you know, but it's not something crazy. I did it's think the worst that. part of the game was the first boss battle. If you didn't know the secret to killing that, that was, that was tough. Yeah. But. That would have been the point when I was a kid that I would have stopped or throw my controller across the room, never played it again. As an could adult, you imagine, could you imagine playing this game and if you took one hit, you'd die? Mm, yeah, yeah I played like games that like that, that and yeah. I do hate uh, those kind of games. Yeah, that's. Oh. That was one thing about this game. I did not ever feel like it was unfair or I didn't deserve to that's die. That's true, yes. Yep. What I thought was unfair was that it was Japan in 1999. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I didn't ring the bell yes. in the right spot, but there were a few issues in getting. I think rooms. you did. There's actually there. That's a tricky one where you have to ring your bell in the right spot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the, you're right. I absolutely agree. Those orange helicopters were horrible. Yeah, I think a lot of the fact that you guys are saying this game is unique, it's like it's because of its development, because it was a British, like a British designed like computer game, and British. British games, uh, but even so today, but even you know, more so back then, definitely had a very unique, like unique style and uh, like style and flair to them. But uh, I'm not oh sure. yeah, look uh, at look at rare games. I mean, yo, oh yeah, exactly. back when they weren't rare, yeah, and when they made uh, what was it like ZX Spectrum games and whatnot, right? So I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how much experience you guys have playing the British. British 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much. I'm not, I'm not sure how much experience experience that you guys have playing British games, but they're very. Uh, but those games are very, very different than what we're used to here in the states. Yeah, and I don't have too much experience. Whether or not you like it or not, just, just depends upon your 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 sensibilities as a like as a gamer. Uh, because some Americans like really love the love the styles of games, and some of them don't. Um, and just the fact that I give the game a lot of a lot of a lot of credit for like being like being a very unique game. I, I thought it was very. Uh, interesting that they decided to port it over Super NES and Chemical and Chemical decided to publish it over here because 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 this is a very different style platform game than fucking what anything that ninety nine percent of American gamers would have seen uh, over here like at that point. So now, if you hadn't have told me that it was designed by British, I wouldn't have known. I looked for it, but I couldn't find what what country it originated from i would have but thought it was a japanese game to be me honest me too because yeah. you get to the end of it and you see the high scores and they're all japanese names mm. so was it like made in uh britain and tested in japan or Poss- uh i think probably the, uh, uh, i think those japanese credits are probably are probably like uh chemicals people uh who are responsible for publishing oh, it over to super oh i see what you're saying right. okay yeah. i got it but uh yeah, no, I could tell right away that it was like you know a British like a British computer game just because it had that look and feel to it. When you played, um, I've always been a big computer gamer as well as a big console gamer, and you know, once you played a number of those games, they have a certain kind of look to them. Like you know what I mean? And just like you know, uh, so you look at the game, and you're like, okay, this is this is an American game, this is a Japanese game, this is a British game. So, um, so I could tell right away that it was British. But um, I do think it was very interesting. Like I said, an interesting choice, like choice, 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 like them to, to bring it over here in the states. Um, overall, I'm kind of in the middle between you guys as far as, as far, like as far as liking this game. I do think it has strong points. Uh, it certainly is a very challenging, very different, like very unique platformer game. Like if you like you enjoy platformer games, I definitely have encouraged. Uh, I, I, I encourage you to check this one out. Um, the graphics are gorgeous. The music's pretty good, like for what it is. The controls, the controls take a while to get used to. But um, if you don't mind the weirdness and quirkiness, uh, like about the game, which is which is which is dripping like all over the place, uh, like, yeah. uh, like you go over the game. Sorry, that's the analogy that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking about? That's been, <laughs> my sword's dripping all over me. <laughs> but uh, uh... yeah, so. Yeah, so like, yeah, so like, if you don't mind or if you enjoy uh, quirkiness like that stuff, I I, I definitely hire, uh, um, I definitely recommend checking it out. That's the uh, best part of the game, right there. I would have to say though that this is not my absolute favorite Super Nintendo not. game. No, it's no. it's a really good one though. That yeah, me personally, I'm not going to go back to this game again. I don't think just because of the uh, fact that uh, I no, think that there's I'm with George. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't say the game's bad. I just don't just like kidding, it. It's awesome. All right, try it. It's it's an interesting like definitely that's what I have to say is try it and if you like it definitely look into those other British developed games yeah definitely because they're they are quite different from Japanese games and even American games mm. um, it's it's not I, I keep saying this and it's true it's not a bad game I just don't like it fair enough yep. But, uh, that sounds like a good bumper sticker. <laughs> like the SNES podcast. It's not a good game. I just don't like it, George. You mean, <laughs> no. It's not that it's not a good game. But, yeah. Um, the quirkiness is where it's about for mm-hmm. me on this game. And, yeah, uh, no, I thought it was interesting, especially all the bosses. It's like, 
I I thought for like a few minutes, like what were they thinking when they made this boss or that boss or this? They were probably some strong drugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably some hot. Back then. Some purple, the purple genie head. That thing was crazy. How about that? But oh, I thought definitely... you were gonna say they were smoking purple haze. Yeah, <laughs> purple genie, purple haze. But this is definitely a great thing. To a great thing like about the Super NES library like as a whole, because the fact that the, because the fact the library the library is so huge and diverse, and, and we're it's like there were so many games that are made that, that made the system during his lifetime that you can get all kinds of games like all walks of life, uh, uh, like on the console. Some consoles didn't. Some consoles just, just didn't have this because the fact that because the fact that they either weren't that popular, um, because that console mostly appealed toward gamers at X. Uh, X type. So, um, Super NES was really one of the last great consoles, I think, to really have such a to really have such a such a wide, diverse, interesting, uh, interesting plethora of games available for it. Uh, uh, I'd play- say PlayStation. I was gonna say the play the PlayStation uh, the PlayStation was probably the the PlayStation and the Super NES are probably the last two two consoles that really had that really rich, diverse collection of games. The PlayStation Two had. A diversity as well, but not as grandiose. No, not as, yeah, yeah, definitely not as grandiose like the PS One. So, yes, but uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, listen I... to PlayStation Power. <laughs> <laughs> There's my bumper in the in the middle of our our, our show here. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fine. Uh, uh, so I think we're almost done here. Uh, there is a there is a there is a stage select code like in this game. What? Yeah. Um, like you go to the title screen and select options. When you hold down, they hold down L, the actual L button, the, uh, the shadow button. Mm-hmm. They hold down L, R, X, and A. You can then push the push the control pad in a certain direction to be able to hop toward to, be able to hop to a certain to hop to a certain stage. Uh, mm-hmm. If you push right, they go to one two. If you, if you push down, they go to two one. If you push left, they go to two two. If you push up, you go to three one. So, okay. Oh. So, um, we mentioned eBay a little bit earlier. There were not a lot of copies of this game, uh, of this game that either recently sold or like or the, uh, like or were selling because, except like I said, uh, you know, this was a pretty like obscure game. So I I um, I don't know how many copies copies got made, but but it's probably a smaller like a smaller print run. Um, there are 32 copies of the game that recently sold over the last like over three months, and when I and when I looked last week, there was only like six copies that were, that were actually like on sale. I I didn't see the sealed copy that the jury mentioned, so that one uh, that one must have just recently. It was actually popped, Jerry who was selling it. Popped up. You <laughs> <laughs> realized that this this game. He was like, "Oh, this this game. You know, I don't know why I have nostalgia for this. It's just." Um, now I'm probably going to sell my copy after the podcast. Well, you get some decent money for it. Uh, card only. Uh, these prices there's include no, shipping. There's no Ferg effect for this podcast. I'm sorry. No. No. Super NES <laughs> pricing is already high enough as it is. It doesn't need a Ferg oh, effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, card only. Ranging anywhere from 15, uh, 15 to $15, $24. And CIB was about 30 bucks. So uh, expensive, but not like... Yeah, but not like no super up there. So. I don't know if I'd pay that much for that game. Fifteen bucks, cart? Like you wouldn't pay fifteen bucks? Okay, fifteen, sure. Hmm. Anything over that? No, hmm. I don't think so. I got mine for a free ninety nine. 
you can't be that. <laughs> Free ninety nine. Oh, that's an interesting price. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, do you guys have any final thoughts like about this game? Uh, maybe like some, uh, maybe some final impressions or something else you've mentioned about it before. I only have first thoughts for this game. Okay. Because <laughs> it's the first samurai. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I have to explain these jokes, I guess. Bad. <laughs> yes. You're you're bad. Oh. Uh, well, George, uh, why don't you why don't you follow up on that thought? Uh, do you have any like do you have any other like other final words? Um. No. Okay. <laughs> Jerry, how about you? Final words. It's not a bad game. It's quirky. It's definitely worth the play. Yeah, I can agree with all that. Yep. There you go. So, yeah. But uh, that's really pretty much it. But I do want to thank you, Jerry, for like bringing this game to our attention. Because like I said, you know, I uh, this is Chevy's like I said earlier. This is definitely an obscure game. I uh, I never heard of it. So uh, I never had either. So, so I've heard of, heard of it. So, would it be a surprise if I never heard of it? <laughs> Actually, you know what? I think I've seen a video of this game before, um, but I didn't remember the name. Mm. You know what it kind of reminded me of? You remember, I remember the, the first stage, the John Belushi skit on Saturday Night Live? If they decided to make a video game about that, oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, if they just change the name to Your Mama Son or something, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty good, actually. Then George the first like Mama, it. the first Mama, <laughs> Your Mama Son. Uh, uh. So, That's uh, exactly what the character looks like. Okay. Samurai uh, Jack ripped this guy off. <laughs> Samurai Jack. Oh, man. Now, there's a game and I'll play it a long time. You like Samurai Jack, don't you, George? Maybe. Well, then you should like the first Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> uh, um, so, Jerry, thank you again for coming to the podcast with us. You were talking about this game. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, so, definitely fun. Um uh, Jerry, as I mentioned earlier, like is also like lost McKay enough to sponsor the podcast, uh, like right now. Best podcast for the Super NES in the universe. Yeah, we we thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Jerry, like, do you want to talk about your device like a little bit here? Just kind of like you know, like um, you know, kind of give like a quick summary of it, like whatnot. Um. Okay, I'll give a really quick summary. With the Jerry Rig, you can check it out on jri-rig.com. It is a open source media player player running Cody. It is quality built. It also you can play emulation on it over twenty three consoles. You can play the games you have a legal right to play. It comes with quality controllers, and that's really all I want to say about that. Although I do want to say this: if to get a discount, you're buying something on the Jerry Rig website. Uh, you can use the code. SNES podcast, is that right? Yes, yep, that's right. That's the best code ever. Exactly, the best code ever. You'll get five dollars off. But if five dollars off is uh, too much for you, how about free ninety nine? How would you like a Jerry Rig Gaming Edition for free? You can do that. There's a a Super NES podcast for free would be great. Contest. (laughs) There's a contest going on. And, uh, Greg, I do want to tell the people the rules here sure. just real quick. Yep, go ahead. Uh, the first thing you have to do is go to the Super NES podcast page. And on there, you like the page. And then you go to the Jerry Rig at jri-rig.com. And there's a Twitter link at the very top of the page. Click on that. 
You have to have a Twitter account. Uh, follow Jerry Rig on Twitter. Uh, tweet out to Jerry, the SNES rocks, and that will enter you into the contest, which will there will be a drawing at the end of March. And we'll send you a free silver edition, gaming edition of the Jerry Rig. Oh, and I want to give a shout out to one of your listeners who recently uh, purchased a Jerry Rig gaming edition in Canada. His name is Jim. Hmm. What's up, Jim? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Jerry. Jerry was kind of to. Yeah, Jerry was kind of to send me. Uh, send me one of these devices to try out. I've not had a chance to really to really dig into it deeply yet. Shame um, on you. Well, I do intend to hopefully soon because I do want to I give. Hope her, so. uh, yeah, because it seems. For, yeah, because so far I like it. Uh, it definitely has been very, very, like, very positive, like, 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 like what little I've done with it so far. Uh, mostly just Super NES emulation, but I do want to give, uh, I give it a more like thorough, like thorough look. And I'm going to post a post a, like post a full review of it also on like my Facebook page. I'll let my do. So look for that coming up, uh, coming up soon. So uh, I do have to say, playing First Samurai on the Jerry Rig made it better. Mm. <laughs> yes, because because it was a product you made. Is that why? <laughs> well, it's because I didn't have to sit sweaty in front of my computer. I could just enjoy it from the comfort of my living room. True. You sat sweaty in your living room. Yeah. Why yes. would you be sweaty in front of your computer? In front of my. Does that change anything? There, you never played emulator <laughs> in front of your computer. I have. That's how I play this game. But I didn't sit and there how many, sweaty. How long were you there? Like you know, fifty minutes sitting there on your uncomfortable computer chair. Un- well. Let's get this straight. Who would get an uncomfortable computer chair if they like to play on the computer? True. All right. <laughs> uh, so besides the Facebook page that Jerry already mentioned, um, uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, etc., you can also uh, feel free to send me like an email uh, to the SNES uh, podcast at yahoo.com. And you, um, uh, they can also, like can also please give us a rating on iTunes because the more ratings we get on there, the better. Um, George and I are also doing a second podcast together, uh, which is the PlayStation, so the PlayStation Power a podcast. Yes. Um, so, which also has, uh, which also, which also has the Facebook page. And how can the viewers? Sorry, viewers. Y'all be okay, listeners. Oh, you did this again. I know. I know. I keep doing that. Of course, I have it. I keep thinking audio there's a camera. Viewers. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. Listen, audio viewers. Yeah, <laughs> listeners. Uh, well, let's see. We have a Facebook page for PlayStation Power. Uh, I forget the link, but just look up PlayStation Power and you should find it. Um, you know, also you can find that on my website, which is theboxfort.net. That's T H E B O X F O R T dot net, where you can also find Master System Masterpieces, a podcast that I do uh, with my co host Paul, and uh, we have fun doing that. That is a monthly podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have a page for that. Uh, those podcasts are also on iTunes and Stitcher, if you do not use an Apple device. Um, also, I do another podcast that is completely not family-friendly, uh, and that is VR Enclave. We talk about virtual reality things. And the Oculus Rift is coming out this year. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, but not fun for my wallet. <laughs> yes. Yes, I- Yes, definitely. I hear you like on that point. So, <laughs> yes, and that has a page as well on Facebook. Okay, via Enclave. Okay, great. Uh, well, it was certainly great talking, show talking to both you guys. 
I like about this game. Hopefully, like hopefully, hopefully this episode encouraged that encouraged most of our uh, listeners to, listeners to go out there and check it out. Um, and you know, tune in next time for, to, to, to tune tune next time like like another special uh, spe, a special episode of the podcast. Like we're going to be having like another guest host. Um, I like in the podcast. So uh, is that the one about the pin the pinball game? Yes. I've been waiting. For oh, you ruined it. <laughs> We were going to have said it last episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can talk about it here. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we were going to have the uh, Ferg, uh, uh, like an Atari Atari Twenty Six Hundred Game by Game podcast on here, to, like on here, to, on here talking about Super Pinball Behind the Mask, uh, which is another obscure Super NES game. Um, so, like, look forward to that. So, uh, uh, thanks again, uh, Jerry. Thanks again, George. Uh, oh, thank you. Like always. Yes. Like always, fun like doing this podcast, and thank you again like for all your hard work and everything, guys. And uh, and and once again, many thanks to all the listeners out there like for your support. Uh, take care, all. Awesome. Goodbye. Nintendo controls eighty percent of the video market, but no matter how you play the game or which game you play, things definitely have come a long way since Pac-Man. Now you're playing with power. Oh, oh.